Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. We are back with another edition of the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. It is Friday, August 23rd, and we are officially one week away from the Rocky Mountain Showdown. I can't believe how close we are to real football. Honestly, I'm so freaking excited. It's been really interesting camp honestly probably the most interesting fall camp that I've covered just after everything CSU went through last season seeing how they've been able to you know put forward a pretty productive camp has been encouraging but there've just been there's just some interest in the team right now and I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out on today's episode we are going to actually preview the entire 2019 season minus the CU game I'm going to do a podcast specifically for the CU game next week, so I don't want to give away all my talking points on that today, but I'm going to go over every other game and release you know, my official preseason predictions, at least, for those games. But before we get into that, we are going to go over what's happening in Agland. And yesterday, if you were paying attention on the site, I posted a news piece, uh, Braylon Scott no longer on the team he has been ruled academically ineligible so he did not qualify academically to play football uh, pretty pretty disappointing for Braylon obviously just kind of a, a sad story overall Scott an interesting career to say the least he started at safety in two of the last three seasons missed the entire 2017 season after getting arrested on theft charges uh it was in, it was a real mess to be honest him and Hunter Donnelly got into a I don't even know really how to describe the situation there's stolen Rolexes and confusion over what actually went down but it resulted in Donnelly being kicked off the team 
Uh, Scott was, missed the whole year, ended up redshirting. Bobo led him back on the team. Last season, Scott you know, started about half the year at safety, had 42 total tackles, one forced fumble. As a sophomore, he led the team in interceptions with three. This summer, they were experimenting with moving Braylon to wide receiver. It's a position that he played in high school, and Mike Bobo felt like with the depth that they have in the secondary, it would be smart for them to move him over to wide receiver, try and get another explosive athlete at wide receiver. You know, Colin Hill raved about his athleticism Excuse me, at the, at the beginning of fall camp, but ultimately Scott will not be playing with CSU this year as he's been... You know, he's not on the team anymore, so definitely disappointing. I know I saw I got a lot of replies that, you know, kind of harshly criticized him. And I get it. He's a guy who has had more than one opportunity to to do the right thing and, you know, work hard and prove himself. Um, I don't want to bash the guy, though. And one, I, I don't really know what happened with that whole Hunter Donnelly situation. It was weird. He got in trouble. He had to face the music. He missed a whole season for it. But I, I, I just I don't think there's any point of me, you know, bashing him for a situation that I really don't know the entire context of. As far as being academically ineligible goes, you know, it's disappointing that he wasn't able to make it work, uh, especially as a redshirt senior. Honestly, at this point, I just hope that he will still be able to earn his degree, um, you know, just because he will it's that's what it's all about you know he's not a guy that is gonna go to the nfl he he was a great athlete but definitely not nfl worthy so you know i i I believe he majored or was studying communications hopefully he is able to you know earn a degree whether that is at csu or somewhere else and you know make the make the best of his life he's had a rough couple of years but um I guess I, you know, we wish we wish him well. We'll see what happens with him. Definitely disappointing how it all played out, though. Not all bad news, though, for CSU sports. Yesterday, the CSU soccer team, CSU football, they started the year with a 2-0 victory over Marquette. I was not able to go there, but based on what I read about the game over at CSURams.com, it was a stout defensive performance for the Rams. That would make sense given that last year, you know, they were defense was definitely the identity of the team. It's what propelled them to their best season yet. In the victory, Kaylee Lordeman and Liv Layton each scored for CSU. Gabby McDonald gets her first career start in net. She won the game. It's now two and one in her career. A great start for CSU soccer. Shout out to the Rams. Shout out to Bill Hempen and We'll see, you know, what they're able to do. I've, I talked a couple days ago about how I think the expectations for CSU soccer should continually be raised because Colorado is a hotbed for talent, and I think it's about time that, you know, we consistently, CSU consistently fields a team. We'll see how this year plays out, but a 2-0 victory over Marquette, definitely a nice way to start the year. Moving on, what's happening in Agland? It's moving weekend here at CSU, which basically means... The best time of year in Fort Collins is over. Don't get me wrong. It's always exciting for the freshmen to be back on campus because you start to feel that buzz for the new school year. And I don't know. It's just an exciting time for campus. Everything's always buzzing. But honestly, the traffic, it's just miserable. 
and this whole weekend is always a disaster because yeah 10,000 new students probably more than that and their family members moving them in staying at hotels going around the town checking out Fort Collins for the first time I get it but Fort Collins in the summer is just a beautiful beautiful time it's Fort Collins is a great time to live any time of the year but when you can cruise up and down college and not have to worry about hitting every red light because of sheer congestion it's just pleasant man it's a it's a great time to be here I think anyone that lives in Fort Collins year-round recognizes that summer is it's a it's a great time up here and I I personally had a phenomenal summer I came back to the beat after taking some time off from you know I had my own site last year took a little bit of time off before I started here at BSN we've been rolling since fall fall camp started it's, it's just been a good time I'm excited for this fall and for the school year well the football season I guess I should say and you know what's gonna happen before we move on and start the official preview and predictions for the 2019 season, I wanted to respond to a comment on a podcast a couple days ago, Ziggity187. He responded to my criticism of the Broncos missing out on the CSU wide receivers over the last couple of years. This is what Ziggity187 had to say. In the Broncos' defense, the combine slash pro days for Higgins, Gallup, and Williams were underwhelming, and the fact that they played at CSU instead of Power 5 factors in as well. That being said, glad all three are making an impact so far in the pros. That's definitely fair. I don't think any of those guys necessarily killed it. You know, they're not underwear supermodels, as the I like to refer to the to the combine warriors as, but... These are all guys that on film could play, and it was evident from you know the first game of their senior year on that they were going to be able to produce at a high level in the NFL. So I, I'm not saying that you are wrong because I, I do agree with you. They didn't they didn't impress at the combine or their pro days, Preston Williams especially. But you know those three they were they were ballers, they're gamers, and that matters to me a hell of a lot more than how fast a guy can run in his underwear. Or, you know, just some of this absurd stuff that we go over in sports. I get it. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying there's no value to the combine and and testing all of these skills, but I just think at some point we have to remember that they're football players and whether you can play football or not matters a hell of a lot more than some of these measurements. But I'm excited to get into the, the prediction. Thank you again for commenting, Ziggity187. I appreciate it. I encourage other people to comment and respond and yeah, make this whole thing interactive. Let's really build this BSN Rams community up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be right back. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American Amber Ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch Ale. But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP 
and have a good time. Welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we are going to preview the 2019 season. Now, admittedly, we are not going to go very in-depth on the first two weeks. I know that seems counterintuitive given that those are the games that are going to be here the soonest, but we are going to go over the CU game at nauseum next week. I promise you I will give you all of the Rocky Mountain Showdown content that you can possibly handle. I'm going to be on the Denver Sports Podcast next week with some of the other BSN guys. I'm going to record another podcast with Henry Chisholm of BSN Buffs, so we are going to have all kinds of Rocky Mountain Showdown coverage. I promise I will give you a preview and prediction for that as well. I'm not trying to cop out. Week two, CSU hosts Western Illinois. Western Illinois went five and six last year, 23.9 points per game. I'm not going to lie. I didn't do a ton of research into Western Illinois. I will do more research as that game gets closer, but there's, you know, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They cannot lose to Western Illinois at home. It's just, it would be absolutely unacceptable. I don't care if Western Illinois has added a graduate transfer that's, you know, from the University of Texas. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care who they have on the team. This is a game that CSU cannot lose at home. We are going to mark that down officially as a victory. So for the sake of this podcast, we're, we'll just say 1-0. and That's obviously after the CU game, but we're going to go over that later, um, later next week, I should say. So 1-0 and over Western Illinois. After that, the Rams have to hit the road for an SEC matchup against the University of Arkansas. This is a game that's it's really intriguing to me after... Well, one, for the fact that Arkansas is going to be looking for revenge after that just miraculous game that was the CSU-Arkansas matchup in 2018. I still I still don't quite understand how CSU won that game. Uh, mostly it has to do with really poor coaching on Arkansas's behalf. You know, they were running the football down CSU's throat, and for the life of me, I... I I cannot figure out why they decided to start throwing the ball in the second half. They literally, I mean, they were going for like six, seven yards a pop. They didn't need to throw the football for the rest of the game other than maybe to keep them honest. And Arkansas got cute with it and CSU made them pay. But really a down year for Arkansas as a whole last year. They went 2-10, so losing on the road to CSU was part of the part of their poorest season but it wasn't the only thing that went wrong for them they only averaged 21.7 points per game we'll be curious to see how they're able to rebound under head coach chad morris they brought in a top 30 recruiting class which that's not really shocking even as bad as they were last year you still have sec resources it's a great area to recruit from they're just you know close to all of these hotbeds for talent Makes sense that Arkansas is able to recruit well. We'll see what they're able to do with that talent. Uh, got a quarterback competition. Don't know yet who is going to be the starting quarterback at Arkansas. Nick Starkle is a grad transfer from Texas A&M. He started as a true freshman there, if I remember correctly. Now at Arkansas, he will be competing with Ben Hicks. Ben Hicks played for Morris at SMU. 
In 2017, Hicks threw for over 3,000 yards and 33 touchdowns with the Mustangs. SMU went 7-6 and six that year. I've only read a few pieces, but people seem to feel that Starkle, the Texas A&M transfer, the quarterback that I mentioned first, seems to have the upper edge. If I was just guessing, I you know I would have leaned towards Hicks just because he's familiar with Morris and his offense. But you know we'll see. I guess whether it ends up being Nick Starkle, former Texas A&M guy, or Ben Hicks, former SMU quarterback, former couple of former Texas guys gonna lead the way for the hogs the backfield i believe will be the strong suit for arkansas's offense this year junior running back rakeem the dream boyd if you remember him from last chance you the first season that featured independence community college he is one of their starters along with senior running back devwa Wiley. i'm not 100 percent sure i pronounced that last name correctly but i hope i did Wiley last year contributed well, he's been a three-year contributor, but he rushed for 165 yards against CSU last year. Could be in for another big day if CSU isn't able to stop the run. I imagine they're going to give the Rams a healthy dose of Rakeem Boyd and Devwa Wally when the Rams face the Hogs down in Fayetteville. Based on what I can gather, most you know preseason projections seem to have Arkansas lingering around 500 after the year they had Last year, that would be a, you know, a significant upgrade. Their front seven defensively is supposed to be pretty nasty, as, lo- as well as the skill positions. People seem to be pretty high on their wide receivers and running backs. I mean, they have a question at quarterback, which either that's a good thing because they have two talented guys that they just can't decide between, or it's you know the obvious bad thing, and neither one of them is really looking rather impressive. If that's the case, you know that could benefit CSU, help them stay in the game if Colin Hill I don't know if you can give him some time maybe Arkansas he can make some plays against that Arkansas secondary and you know keep things close ultimately though I'm gonna have to give this one to Arkansas I just think beating the same SEC team in two straight years would be crazy I mean we'll see Arkansas has got a lot to recover from it definitely they were a truly awful football team a year ago but, you know, that SEC speed is legit. They're going to be in front of their home fans. And let's be honest, they're going to be looking to beat the Rams' butt after last year. They just, they're going to want to get back after CSU, after they were embarrassed on, you know, a national national scale. Jerry Jones, who is a huge Arkansas guy, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, flew to Fort Collins to watch his hogs choke in Fort Collins. So they're going to be looking for revenge Got to give that one to Arkansas. That would put them at 1-1. One and one. Again, we are not going to talk about the CU game today. We'll give projections and predictions for every other game on the schedule. Following Arkansas, CSU will conclude its non-conference portion of the schedule by hosting the University of Toledo. And I can't, I can't, under, I can't state this enough. Toledo is a dangerous, dangerous team. They only went 7-6 and six last year, but they scored 40.9 points per game. They returned seven starters on offense, including two extremely talented running backs. Bryant Kobach averaged six yards per carry in 2018, led the team with 917 total yards and uh, 14 touchdowns. Shakif Seymour added 565 yards and five touchdowns last year as well. Both of those guys are back, really solid one-two punch, probably the best running back duo 
in the MAC. Uh, defensively, Toledo's suspect, though. They five of their they weren't even a good defense in the first place, but five of their top seven tacklers from last year moved on. It'll be interesting to see what they do schematically. Last year they ran a four-two-five, which you don't you don't see a whole lot in today. This is, Today's defensive schemes, I mean, it was kind of really popular in the 80s, stuff like that, but I'll be curious to see if they run that at CSU again. If that's the case, look for, you know, Colin Hill to try to beat them over the top if they're going to try and really spread things out and prevent you from running just, you know, to the outside and trying to stop those little quick hitters that Mike Bobo loves to do, then you got to go over the top. But ultimately, this is just a game that CSU cannot afford to lose this is going to be really a telling tale of how talented this CSU team is. I think Colorado will also be a, a pretty good test to measure them against, but given that it's the end of non-conference play, CSU should really have things figured out on both sides of the football by this point. If you lose this game at home in front of your fans, it will kill any and all excitement that there is for CSU football as they go into conference play, and that would just be so disappointing. I mean, Toledo's a good program. As I said, you can't overlook them. But it's a game where if you're CSU, you absolutely should expect to win. You have superior resources. You should have superior talent, at least on paper. If you lose this game, man, the the pitchforks are going to be... People are going to start sharpening their pitchforks. Let's just say that. I wouldn't want to be the coaching staff if they lost to Toledo. Let's just say that. As of right now, I feel pretty good about CSU's chances. I know a lot of people are picking Toledo to win this game, and honestly, I get it, but I feel good about Colin Hill. I really like I really like him. I, I just I think he can run this offense efficiently. I think he is an NFL caliber quarterback. It's all gonna be a matter of whether they can protect him or not. And to that, I'm, I just, I don't know. Until we see this offensive line in real action, it's just so tough to say. They're not overwhelmingly large, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to continue this podcast and talk more about the rest of the schedule. Rams football is back. The wait is over. It's time for fall camp, and we're giving you the best deal we've run since we went to a free t-shirt format with subscriptions. But it won't last long. Here's the deal. If you use the code GORAMS, you will get our annual package for $34.99, which not only is a $10 discount off our current annual package, but it comes out to $2.91 per month, which is almost 50% off our current standard monthly price. But it's not just about the discount. You're also going to get a free premium Rams t-shirt, which is a $27 value, You get to have your comments read on this podcast. You get all of our exclusive content at bsndenver.com. If you don't like reading, but you want the inside details, subscribers get all of our Broncos written stories in audio form, meaning we read all of our written content to you. And then, of course, there's our film reviews, game grades, and just being part of the BSN Rams community. So go to bsndenver.com or download the app and use the promo GORAMS, all one word, to join the family today. Welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. We are currently going over the 2019 season and just kind of going game by game and giving a little prediction and just a little tidbit, you know, some information about each team. As it currently stands, we have 
CSU sitting at 2-1 after non-conference play. Again, we are not counting the CU game at this point just because we are going to do a podcast dedicated solely to the Rocky Mountain Showdown next week, and I will break that game down in much more depth on that one. So as it stands, CSU 2-1 coming out of non-conference play. The Rams will open the Mountain West portion of the schedule on the road at Utah State on September 28th. This will be... I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, a brutal, it's a brutal draw to start your conference schedule on the road at Utah State. Utah State, 11-2 last year, averaged 47.5 points per game. That was the second highest in the nation, actually. But the Aggies, you know... As good as they were last year, they they lost a lot, including head coach Matt Wells, who is now the leader at Texas Tech. Going to be interesting to see how they respond. Gary Anderson is back in Logan after a brief stint at Wisconsin where he was pretty successful and then a not-so-successful stint at Oregon State. Offensively, the Aggies lost four starting linemen to graduation, Anytime you have to replace nearly your entire starting offensive line, there are going to be some question marks. Their best running back and tight end from last year decided to declare for the NFL draft as well as their top three wide receivers who graduated. So a lot of change with that Utah State offense. However, you know, Jordan Love, one of the nation's most vertical, <laughs> excuse me, getting tongue tied here. One of the nation's most versatile quarterbacks returns. He put up huge numbers last year, finished the season with 3,567 yards, 32 touchdowns through the air, completed 64% of his passes, also added seven touchdowns on the ground as well. So he's a guy that can beat you with his feet. He can beat you through the air. The preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year, that is Jordan Love, yeah, I mean, he he's undoubtedly one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the Mountain West, starting to get some next-level projection. He's not a guy that I really see thriving in the NFL, but we'll see. Uh, on defense, the Aggies returned seven starters. They led the nation in turnovers with 32 last year. They have great depth on, on the defensive line, can really get after the quarterback. At linebacker, David Woodward returns. He led the team in tackles last year hundred with 134. The secondary has some question marks. A lot of guys moved on. But, you know, this Aggies team, I think they will come, you know, come down to life a little bit or <laughs> come back to earth a little bit. I, I made that exact same mistake on the podcast yesterday. They are going to come back to earth a little bit. But still just a tough draw to open up conference play. I'm going to give this one to Utah State, which would put CSU at 2-2. Two and two. I think, you know, this Aggies team, like I said, they're not going to do what they did last year, scoring 48 points per game and also leading the nation in turnovers. I mean, you're going to win a lot of games if you force more turnovers than anybody and then you also score more than they do. So, I mean, that's you don't have to be a football genius to understand why that Aggies team was really good. Gary Anderson, I do think, is a good coach. I think Utah State is a good fit for him after, you know, flirting with Power 5 over the last couple of years. But ultimately, I think this Aggies team, just a little too, little too experienced still for CSU to handle, especially in the early portion 
of non-conference play. So starting off conference play with a loss, that'd put them at two and two overall, minus the CU game, which we're omitting. After that, the Rams will come home and face San Diego State, the Aztecs. That's going to be the homecoming matchup for CSU this year. They're going to be wearing new alternate white helmets that are going to feature the circular, uh, just classic CSU Ram logo, one that you see on hoodies and stuff all the time. That'll be on the side of the helmet. Pretty cool design. Um, It's basic. It makes sense given that they were bringing the state pride uniforms back this year throw on a new sticker and you get to brand it as something unique san diego state coming off not a down year i mean they still went seven and six and reached the postseason but for for their standards not exactly a banner year only scored 20.6 points per game last year which it's it's resulted in them changing up the offense a little bit we all know san diego state loves to lean on its ground game they're they're a team that wants to run it down your throat and then beat you up defensively. They've always seemed to have a pretty physical team. Um, it's it's just been the identity of their program under Rocky Long. Eight straight bowls for the Aztecs, definitely impressive. I'll be curious to see what this how this offense looks, though. As I said, they're changing things up. They're going to go to the spread this year, let quarterback Ryan Agnew operate primarily out of the shotgun even though they're going to be going from the spread they claim that running the football is still going to be you know the emphasis or what they like to do I don't know it'll be interesting to see I I doubt it ends up being that different running from the spread it gives you some some RPO stuff that you can run some little run pass option plays I'll be curious to see how it actually plays out but San Diego State always has talent they recruit well they have, um, excuse me, they have senior running back Juwan Washington, who will be returning. He led the team with 999 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. That was even, he, he did put up those numbers even after missing four games with a broken clavicle. So Juwan Washington, another talented running back in the seemingly endless stream of talented running backs that have come through San Diego State. Defensively, they also returned Tariq Thompson last year. He led the league in interceptions with seven, forced three fumbles as well. So he's just a a ball hawk, a guy who flies all around the field, can really make plays and and create some momentum for you. Those kind of people are extremely valuable. Anyone that can, you know, flip the field, change the whole game around with one play. He did that 10 different times last year. But in general, the Aztecs are going to be pretty solid in the secondary. They got a lot of depth. Their front seven little bit suspect at this point. We'll see how it plays out. I'm going to hesitantly give this game to CSU at home. We'll see. I mean, to be honest, San Diego State has been a really tough draw for the Rams over the last decade or so. Uh, Mike Bobo, his signature win probably at this point probably came over the Aztecs. Uh, At the end of the 2016 season, they went to San Diego in a pouring rain game and just beat them down on a late Saturday night game. It was a lot of fun for CSU fans. I'm going to hesitantly give CSU the homecoming victory. That would put them at 3-2 and two minus the CU game, which, as I've said a billion times, we're not counting that today. So don't tweet at me and be like, you forgot to talk about the showdown. Didn't forget. We're just going to talk about it next week. After homecoming, the Rams are going to hit the road to face the New Mexico Lobos for a Friday night showdown in Albuquerque. 
New Mexico really struggled over the last couple of years. Only three and nine, twenty six point six points per game last year. Not awful, but just really couldn't play defense at all. They're gonna try and rebuild the defense on the backs of a lot of JUCO kids this year. They don't have a ton of depth on offense. They lost their best defensive player, safety Marcus Hayes. He transferred to Kansas State. I don't just not a lot to imply that things are going well in New Mexico. Big opportunity for CSU to steal a road win. You're going to have to win some games on the road if you're going to qualify for a bowl game. Big chance to steal a road win. Give it to them. Put them at 4-2, and two, not counting the CU game. After New Mexico, CSU has to travel to Fresno State. This is a, this is a tough game. Fresno State 12-2 last year, 22-4 over the last two seasons. Scored 34.6 points per game. If there is a silver lining, the Bulldogs did lose starting quarterback Marcus McArian and uh, four starting offensive linemen. So a lot of rebuild for the Bulldogs, but they've recruited extremely well. Jorge Reyna, who's been the backup the last couple of years, he will take over at quarterback. I imagine Fresno State's going to lean pretty heavily on the running back duo of Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims. Both are incredibly dangerous between the tackles. Uh, They're guys that if you let them get in open space, they're going to really make you pay. Five starters from last year's defense are gone. Um, Jeffrey Allison and Mike Bell both declared early for the NFL draft. But uh, Michael Walker has transitioned from defensive end to to linebacker. He had a really solid year last year, so I'm a little bit surprised to see him change positions. But based on what I read, it's something he's doing in hopes of maximizing his skill set and reaching the NFL. So we'll see how that plays out for them. Seems like the Bulldogs should still be pretty talented this year. A lot of people picking them to win double-digit games makes sense given their success over the last two years under Jeff Tedford. This is a brutal matchup. Um, Going to have to give it to the Bulldogs. I, You know, I I think people get that one. It's just on the road going to be tough. That would put you at one and two on the road in, in league play, which isn't great With a, if you beat New Mexico and lose to Utah State. We'll see. I mean, that would put them at four and three overall, minus the CU game. Um, but after, after Fresno State, which we are giving that game to the Bulldogs, CSU returns home for a really important game against UNLV. Rams are going to be wearing state pride uniforms. Rebels are, this is a big year for the Rebels as well. I'd say as far as head coaches on the hot seat go, Mike Bobo and Tony Sanchez probably feeling the most uncomfortable coming into this year. Everyone kind of thought that UNLV might be back a little bit last year. They had a nice start to the year, but ultimately finished four and eight. Armani Rogers, their starting quarterback, did get hurt and that kind of killed their offense last year, but he returns and I imagine they'll They'll lean heavily on him in the run game, look to use a, an extremely veteran offensive line to their va- advantage. Defensively, the Rebels are led by defensive coordinator Tim Skipper. Skipper used to work at CSU and was Jim McElwain's right-hand man, eventually followed him to Florida. Skip's a really good dude, actually. Um, somebody that I consider a friend. He got me a job way back when, when I was still working for football teams, and... Uh, definitely a, a good guy. I'm hoping that he's able to do some things with their defense. They got a front seven that has a ton of experience, but you know, they, they give up 37.2 points per game last year. And 
it just killed him. You know, if you give up nearly 40 points per game, it's really going to put you in a in a tough position, obviously. And, you know, UNLV, not exactly the most explosive offense in the world. Colin Hill should be able to take advantage of a, a relatively poor secondary in the state pride uniforms. As I said, this is a game where the Rams can't afford to lose. you gotta, you got to come up with a victory. <laughs> I know every time CSU introduces a new uniform it seems to always backfire the the 2017 state pride game being the most glaring example of that the all grays against wyoming as well the year before definitely up there but we'll see rams a lot of excitement for that game i'm gonna give it to csu and say that they're able to to come up with a with a victory at home that would put them at five and four overall uh, or excuse me, five and three overall minus the CU game with three games remaining. CSU is going to have to conclude the ugh, good Lord. CSU is going to have to close out the season against Air Force, Wyoming and Boise State. Three really important games. We're going to go over those in just a second, but we are going to take one last break to hear from our sponsor. Hey, BSN listeners, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get this shipped straight to your door. Welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. We are currently doing the 2019 season preview and predictions minus the CU game. Every other game we're going over given a prediction for, we just came back. With three games remaining in the schedule, the Rams will host Air Force in what will be a really important game for them. Um, we have them at five and three, not including the CU game going into this. I think Air Force finds a way to beat CSU in Fort Collins. I know that's not what Ram fans want to hear. Air Force coming off a pretty average season. They went five and seven, scored 30.2 points per game, but... The Falcons return four starters on the offensive line. That's always worrisome with their option attack. It takes a really disciplined defense to stop it. And while I am really high on CSU's defense, much higher than I've been in years previously, I just it's I just think that's a tall task. Mike Bobo has not handled Air Force well, has not beat them since 2015. Um, if they lose to the Academy again, especially at home, there's going to be quite a few angry fans um the falcons still trying to determine who their starting quarterback is going to be i believe it will be isaiah sanders in 2017 sanders rushed for 44 carry had 44 total carries rushed for 200 yards three touchdowns against csu i expect he will be under center when the rams play the falcons again if not junior donald hammond would be the guy he's a better thrower of the football than sanders is but you know i don't know just how much Air Force is going to be able to run the football. They don't really have anybody at wide receiver. Uh, Brandon Lewis and David Cormier were both deemed, uh, they received a loss in status, which means they're not able to represent the academy or play for them this year. Going to be, you know, some question marks for the Falcons, but with a, 
a veteran offensive line. They got a quarterback who knows the system, assuming that it's Isaiah Sanders. I think this is a game the Falcons are able to win. That would put CSU at five and four. Again, not including the CU game going into the border war, which is the second to last game of the season against Wyoming on the road. Going to be a Friday night showdown. Should be an electric atmosphere. Uh, Wyoming fans, I've said time and time again, are some of the most consistent in the league. They really show up for their team no matter how they do. That place is usually at least close to sold out. If not completely sold out, it will definitely be sold out for the border war, though. Wyoming went 6-6 six and six last year, 20.7 points per game. Really a, a slow start to the year for Wyoming. They, they weren't able to beat a, whole, a lot of good teams. They did close out the year 4-0 and to finish the year 6-6 six and six and kind of salvage some dignity. They beat the hell out of CSU in Fort Collins and danced on the field, celebrated in their face. Really a tough moment for CSU fans to swallow, I think, one of the lower moments of last season. But, you know, we'll see. The Rams are going to be looking for revenge. Wyoming at quarterback, going to be led by redshirt freshman Sean Chambers. He's going to try and build off the success he had at the end of last year before he got hurt. Um, Primarily, he's a guy who kind of beat defenses with his legs last year. He definitely benefited from the fact that he was, you know, the freshman wild card that defenses didn't have any film on now that they do and are going to be able to exploit some of those tendencies. We'll see if he's able to adjust and really become a poised passer for Wyoming. Uh, Their fans seem really really high on him, but we will see. Defensively, the Pokes should be pretty stout. They're going to have one of the better linebacker groups in the league. Linebacker Logan Wilson is a stud. Uh, Cash Malua, I'm not, I apologize if I pronounced his last name incorrectly, is no slouches either though. Look for defense to be Wyoming's identity this year. They're going to be a team that tries to play physical, probably win a lot of low-scoring games if they have success. I'm going to go out on a limb and say CSU wins this game. I'm giving it to them solely because I believe in Colin Hill. It's preseason. Things are there, you know, they're rolling. They're they're confident right now over in the locker room. Um, I know that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot, but... I'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now. Say CSU is able to win one of those rivalry games after losing to Air Force. Rebound with a road win in Laramie. Say Colin Hill gets that big road victory and some revenge against Wyoming after getting injured against them a couple years ago. We'll, you know, I think that would be a signature win for Mike Bobo if he were if he was able to to get them a border war victory, especially given that. I would have that would be their sixth win based on my projection, so they'd be bowl eligible. Big rivalry victory. I think Wyoming is as important, if not more important, than any game on the schedule. So, big border war victory 2019. That's what we're going with right now. Finally, CSU will conclude the season against Boise State at home. Boise State went 10 and 3 last year, 35.4 points per game, but they did lose. Brett Rippon, who is now with the Denver Broncos, no longer with the Boise State Broncos. Boise State won 10 or more games in four of the last five seasons. They continue to be the league's most consistent team under head coach Brian Harson. Um, kind of a lot of questions about this Boise State team. People seem to be pretty high on them, but we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. As of today, it says that five people are still in the mix. Chase Cord seems to be the favorite uh, he was the backup last year, but he tore his ACL. 
JUCO transfer Jalen Henderson and freshman Hank Bachmeyer are in the mix as well, though. Those three are the front runners, but five people total competing for Boise State's starting quarterback position. All five of Boise State's offensive linemen return. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just not good for the rest of the league. Boise always has skill players, so the fact that they're able to return all five linemen is going to be really good for them. Uh, you know, you lose Brett Rippon, one of the, the best quarterbacks to ever play in the Mountain West, but given everything else they return on offense and nine of 11 starters coming back on defense, I fully... I fully expect Boise State to be as good as they have been in any of the last couple of years. I think there's a pretty good chance that they end up competing for a New Year's Six Bowl, depending on how they're able to do a non-conference play, stuff like that. But Boise State's going to be really de- dangerous. On defense, you got Curtis Weaver, David Moa anchoring that defensive line. They can really get after the quarterback. Um, their, their starting DBs have a combined 59 starts that's worrisome as well. Um, you know, we all remember the disappointment from 2017 when CSU's up 28-3, isn't able to close it out, ends up losing to Boise State in overtime. Aside from the Arkansas game, that's probably the wildest game I've ever covered. Arkansas ended up being a lot more fun for the Ramley, but that was another thrilling one as well, one I feel fortunate to have, have seen in person, even though CSU was on the losing side. You know, I'd love to say that this is the year that CSU steps up and finally knocks the Broncos off their throne, but I think just with the experience they have, the talent they have at the skill positions, it's just going to be too tall of a task for CSU, even if they are playing well at the end of the year. Uh, with a loss to Boise State, that would put them at 6-5. Six 6-5 and five. Six and five still bowl eligible regardless of what happens in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. We will go over that game, and I'll give you a preview and prediction for that next week but as it currently stands have CSU win in six games so if they were to lose the showdown finish six and six if they were to win it finish seven and five I think after a three and nine season and you know an an especially disappointing three and nine season everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong for the team last year but we're I think you know the Rams are able to turn the corner a little bit this year it's gonna it's going to take reaching a bowl game and winning some of these rivalry games for some of the fans to come around on Mike Bobo. And I get it. It's been, it's been wildly underwhelming in his tenure. He's had decent success. You know, it's not like he's been bottoming out other than last year, but they just, they haven't been able to win the big games. And as a, as a college football guy, those big games are really the only ones that matter. Hopefully this year they're able to respond a little bit, reach a bowl game and win a bowl game. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a fun season. We're going to be talking Rocky Mountain Showdown all next week. I'm so excited for it to be back. You know, we'll be, I'll be on the Denver Sports Podcast next Wednesday talking that game with some of the people down in Denver. And yeah, we're going to have all kinds of Rocky Mountain Showdown talk. I think we're going to talk about CU so much you are going to probably get a little tired of hearing it. But that's what we do. We talk CSU all the time. It's a great time to subscribe to BSN Denver. Great time to join the BSN Rams family. Posted a picture in my new BSN Rams shirt yesterday. It's just, man, the thing's sleek. It's comfortable. I feel stylish in it. Definitely one of the cooler CSU t-shirts I've ever seen. So, yeah, definitely check those out. If you haven't, defend the four t-shirts designed by D-Line. But, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. I think this episode's already been twice as long as my podcast normally is. 
But I appreciate all of you that hung in here for the entire thing. We will be back on Monday. Thanks for listening, guys.